0: we would have preferred to get a voluntary deal.
1: There is nothing in that document that would see workers choose to give up their legal right to strike.
2: The standoff and the looming disruption for families as the province and its education workers once again struggle to find common ground. Good evening. We'll get to that story in just a moment. But we begin with a developing situation in Scarborough right now and a shooting near a school at Markham and Ellesmere.
3: One person is dead. Another is fighting for their life in hospital. CTV's Beth McDonnell is at the scene tonight and joins us live with the latest. Beth.
4: Michelle, I can tell you that police say the two people who suffered gunshot wounds are believed to be teenage boys. So one of those potentially teenage boys has died, the other still in hospital. And just over my shoulder here is where police appear to be focusing their investigation I can tell you that I spoke with a witness who lives in a building just next to the school, and he told me that he heard three or four shots around 3.30 this afternoon. Now, this gun violence sent the high school and Woburn Junior Public School into lockdown. The Town District School Board says that means students are not able to leave their classroom. Worried parents then showed up, waiting for this situation to be resolved. Here's what people had to say as the lockdown was coming to an end.
2: So I walk out of school around 3:10. I walk out, I just see a fight happening, and everyone's running back. So I'm like, "Oh, what happened?" And, and I just see a crowd gathered by a car over there. So. And then we all found
5: out the shooting happening. I was at work down the street, so I just came running. My daughter called me from inside her class. Apparently, she's on lockdown. There was a shooting. That's all I heard, and then I lost communication with her.
6: Came down here right away.
4: It's what's going through your mind about the situation? I say, oh, my God, because it's, uh, my daughter's in the school. I don't know if she's in or if she's out.
6: And then uh, my son called right away to my husband, and say, uh, she called and say this thing happened didn't happen and uh, don't you worry
4: this scene here is just steps away from the main doors of the school police initially said that one suspect fled the area just a few moments ago police said that there have been no arrests we will be bringing you more on this story as it develops oh, i can also tell you that we are waiting to find out if the young people are students at woburn collegiate institute reporting live i'm beth McDonnell, nathan back to you
2: all right thank you beth and stay with us for more on this developing story we'll have the latest developments online at ctvnewstoronto.ca.
3: In just four days, thousands of assistants, custodians, and early childhood educators are expected to hold a province-wide protest. The demonstration, a response to back-to-work legislation tabled today by the Ford government.
2: Whether a deal can be reached before then is unclear, leaving parents and children wondering what's next. Queens Park reporter Siobhan Morris joins us now to give us some clarity. Siobhan.
7: Nathan, it's hard to see right now how a negotiated contract could be reached before that deadline and that walkout on Friday. CUPE says it's ready to unveil a new proposal for wages tomorrow, but the government has already closed the door on more talks.
8: They have employed the nuclear option.
7: With the government working to pass legislation to force a contract on educational support workers and block a strike, CUPE is taking a bold step of its own on Friday.
8: Our members will be engaging in a province-wide protest. That means no QP education worker will be at work.
7: Some school boards have already said if QP members aren't on the job, schools can't open. The government is fast-tracking legislation, but QP says they'll walk whether it passes this week or not.
0: Honestly, it's just it's, that's not fair and our kids deserve better. And I really hope that over the coming days we could come to some our senses and there will not be a strike that impacts children on Friday.
7: QP isn't saying how long a work stoppage might last. Dressed as Rosie the Riveter for a Halloween news conference, Laura Walton acknowledges walking out will cost the union big. There are consequences, and we have shared those with our members.
1: I think there's also consequences for not fighting. At what point... As people in Ontario,
7: do we stand up and say, enough is enough? CUPE and the government remain at odds over pay.
0: So I do believe these folks deserve more, which is why we're offering 10 points over four years giving them entitlements and benefits and pensions and sick leave that most people could only dream of.
7: CUPE had been asking for a close to 12% annual increase, citing years of stifled wages. They reason the province is running a surplus and has the cash. Now, CUPE was preparing a revised ask, but the government won't hear it. There needs to be a clear move by this government not to legislate, but to work with families, to work with students, and to work with education workers. The education minister maintains the government had no choice but to turn to legislation.
0: No responsible government would sit back and hope for the best. They would, they should, and we are, taking action to ensure these kids remain
7: in school. Ready to unleash the notwithstanding clause to get around an expected charter challenge. I think it's incredibly chilling. Uh, this isn't the first time we've seen this from this government, that when they don't get their own way, Uh, They're prepared to run roughshod over the rights of workers and students. The legislature will convene at 5 a.m. tomorrow to deal with second reading of the Keeping Students in Class Act. Stephen Lecce insists that what the government is doing today is about CUPE, that the government won't use a copy-paste approach in negotiating with other teachers' unions. Those teachers' unions have lined up today to express outrage at what the government's doing imposing a contract. ETFO had a negotiating session today that it backed away from, saying they could not continue in good conscience. Reporting live from Queen's Park, I'm Siobhan Morris. Nathan, back to you. All
2: right, thank you, Siobhan. Regardless of what side parents may be on, no doubt many will be frustrated by today's news.
3: Coming out of a pandemic and long months with children unable to attend school and now more uncertainty. Our Janice Golding has been speaking with families today and has that side of the story.
5: As parents dropped their children off at Joseph Brant Public School in Scarborough this morning, many were wondering if they'd still be doing the same come Friday. We'll see what happens.
8: We don't know what's going to happen, so that's a little concern.
5: Yesterday, the Canadian Union of Public Employees said it's 55,000 education workers would strike Friday if they don't reach a deal with the province. I'm not happy one bit, sorry. Working moms, it's hard. So if the kids don't go to school... We have to think about that, because I have two kids.
9: I think it's ridiculous, because what parents going to do? Because they, you know, they have to go to work. They can't find babysitter.
5: Today, however, the government tabled a bill called the Keeping Students in Schools Act to legislate support staff, which include custodians, ECEs, EAs, and admin staff, back to work.
10: They must. The kid has already been out of school for too long, and then now it's ready to put them out from the school again. I don't think that's the right thing. The proper thing to do
6: i'm not surprised i'm disappointed but it seems to be the theme of the government of
4: pushing through their agenda i think that's a great thing if they can go back to work that's where they should be kids need school
5: mixed reaction from parents on the street but solidarity from four major parent groups in the province who co-authored a letter to the premier and education minister to back the workers demands a letter already signed by more than 3,000 parents this isn't fair and ford and minister lecce are acting like bullies. We're parents and we're workers too and we support the right to collective bargaining. Meanwhile, CUPE's president says bill or no bill support staff will walk off the job on Friday to take a stand for public education and union officials say it remains to be seen if the job action will last longer than a day.
1: No, that's not okay. It'd be tough for us.
3: No, of course we're supporting the workers. We want them to get what's fair for that. I just want my kids in school. It's important.
1: These folks are working for very little,
11: very little money. We're work, living in an inflationary climate. I don't know how people are are putting, putting groceries in. IN FRONT OF THEIR
5: FAMILIES. THE COST OF JOB ACTION WOULD BE STEEP. EDUCATION WORKERS COULD BE FINED $4,000 APIECE WHILE THE UNION COULD BE FINED A HALF MILLION DOLLARS BRINGING THE DAILY COST FOR STRIKE ACTION TO MORE THAN $220 MILLION. JANICE GOLDING, CTV NEWS.
2: FEELING LOW ABOUT YOUR FINANCES THESE DAYS, YOU'RE NOT ALONE. STILL AHEAD WHY CANADIANS ARE WORRYING ABOUT THEIR BANK ACCOUNTS MORE THAN THEY HAVE in a decade we'll have that story for you in just a few minutes
3: a live look at the city on this halloween night going to be busy out there on our streets and if you and your children are going out trick-or-treating then you want to add an umbrella maybe a raincoat to the costume because it is a soggy one lindsay morrison is here with a look at the current conditions lindsay's amidst the candy frenzy which i'm i'm sure is already getting underway Oh, yes, Michelle, and I
12: don't think anyone is bothered by the weather tonight. What do you say, everyone? Should we say happy Halloween? Happy Happy Halloween! Oh, the trick-or-treating is well underway, and you know what? I don't even really need this umbrella right now. I just want to show you my costume, so I don't know if you can guess what I am. I am raining cats and dogs. Oof, oof, oof. Okay, that's that's a last-minute costume for me. But these costumes are spectacular. And we are here at Headington Halloween. This is one of the most popular streets in the city of Toronto. And for good reason. We're going to show you what all these houses, how they're decorated, and why this is such a special place. Uh, we got to talk about your weather, too, though. All day long, we've been tracking the rain. Let's take a look at that satellite and radar imagery. I'm very happy to share that it is no longer raining cats and dogs. We've got a little bit of drizzle, some light showers in some parts Parts of the GTA temperatures though are very mild isn't it comfortable out here yeah. the temperature around 11 12 degrees depending on where you are we do however have a fog advisory in effect for tonight so that could make conditions a little bit tricky out there make sure if you have any driving to do tonight that you're keeping an eye out for all these ghosts and ghouls and goblins kids if you're watching at home right now and you haven't been trick-or-treating yet here's your forecast for 7 p.m a reminder we do have a few showers and drizzle in the forecast again we are live here on on Headington Avenue in the city of Toronto. Is everyone having a good time? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I have more good news when it comes to November. Some very warm weather in store. Those details are coming up. For now, Nathan and Michelle, back to you. It's fun because we get to go in the gym and we
8: get
0: to have candy and we get to um, see
9: other people's costumes. We're going to get lots and lots and lots of candy.
3: Oh, yeah. Some Toronto kids giving us the scoop on why today is one of their favorite days of the year. And with apologies to Santa, it is arguable whether any day is more popular with kids than Halloween.
2: Tonight is the big night, and right now we're at peak spooky hour. Our John Musselman's out and about with the trick-or-treaters and joins us live. John.
11: Hi, Nathan. We're in the heart of Cabbage Town. I'll tell you, it is already busy here with trick-or-treaters. Uh, one of the houses behind me here has really uh, taken on the spirit of this... Halloween night. Uh, Earlier today, we're on the other side of the city in Etobicoke. We met some students uh, who had a great day in their school. For the kids at Mill Valley Junior School in Etobicoke, it was an opportunity to show off their amazing costumes. A Halloween parade into the gym as proud parents looked on.
3: Um, I like trick or treating and I like going out out and seeing other costumes and
0: stuff. I'm Spider Man.
10: Because the teacher sent me an email that
3: there was no masks. (laughs) The best day ever.
11: And it wasn't just the kids, teachers and even some parents got into the Halloween spirit.
9: This has been a hugely important day. For two years we've been locked out. I didn't get to see her whole classroom for grade one and two. She was in the same room. So to be allowed back in the school to have the children uh, dressing up and having us come in and see what the school looks like and the kids interacting, it's been amazing.
8: I loved it because um, we always get to walk around and parents um, clap when we walk by.
11: After the parade, the kids got a chance to release some energy with a Halloween dance in the gym. (laughs) Students were also helping raise funds and donations for items for the Toronto Ukrainian Foundation.
7: So it's a fun activity not only to give the kids an opportunity to celebrate Halloween however they do so but for the parents to become engaged and to give back to our small community around us.
11: Over in Cabbage Town some residents on Sackville Street are looking to create the spookiest place in town. David Johnson a father of three children says it's about having some fun and bringing the community together after the pandemic. So uh,
0: I won't get into the cost because it's insane. And uh, my wife was uh, pretty upset when she found out about the price tag. But uh, it took about a day to put the skeletons up. And then it's just been putting the pieces together over the last month.
4: And it gives us a break. I think it's nice just to play.
11: And residents on the street near Parliament and Girard say it gets pretty busy with trick-or-treaters. More than 600 kids was typical before the pandemic hit. And there's no doubt that David Johnson's house is a hit. He's getting a lot of trick or treaters already. Some say he may see as many as 800, maybe 1,000 tonight. Reporting live in Cabbage Town, I'm John Muswell. I'll send it back to
2: you. All right. Thank you, John. We've got some new information tonight about the struggling condo market in the GTA. Sales of new condos in the last three months declined 79% from a year ago. Real estate analysis firm Urban Nation suggests the market has collapsed significantly. It says some developers are holding off because of the drop and rising interest rates. Still, construction began on a record number of condos in the previous quarter, but most were pre-sold before inflation began to soar. And inflation is also having a major impact on why many Canadians say their personal finances haven't been this bad in more than a
0: decade.
3: Tonight we're getting a clearer picture of how they are coping in this economic climate. And our Raheem Ladani is in studio tonight with the specifics on this. Raheem.
0: Well, Michelle and Nathan, it seems Canadians are really feeling the fallout as the cost of living continues to get more expensive. And we're also getting some troubling insight into the dramatic measures some people are going to in order to save. While you may not see it on their faces, many Canadians are worrying about the same thing these days. Cut down costs, spend less, save more, cash is king.
3: I don't have the money to blow right now and it's hard to get a job as well.
0: With high inflation, rising interest rates and dropping real estate prices, financial fears are growing across the country more than ever before. A new poll by Nano's Research for Bloomberg News found... 47% 47% of respondents say their finances have worsened over the past year and 64% expected to deteriorate over the next six months.
9: That's a record high going back to 2008. So think about how bad things were post the financial crisis and people feel worse today than they did back then.
0: With people unsure about having enough money to live comfortably, they're more likely to put off certain purchases.
3: I'm just trying to manage my cost of living, like actually because I I often spend too much on my gadgets, so I try to decrease that.
0: And that feeling of financial uncertainty could turn into a real economic crisis. What we have is this psychology of negativity converting into consumer behaviour and
5: creating the recession
0: that many Canadians are hoping to avoid. Another area hurting Canadians' bank accounts is rising food costs.
3: I'm privileged and blessed enough to,
4: yes, have a roof under my head and no expenses when it does come to food and stuff.
0: Disturbing results from a new poll by the Canadian Hub for Applied and Social Research found 20% of people are reducing meal sizes or skipping them altogether in an effort to save money on their grocery bills. Food banks are also reporting seeing more young people using their services along with another shift.
13: Well, one thing we're seeing is uh, sort of a different trend where folks who are working um, are coming through our doors and I know that's being noticed nationally as well.
0: A reality across the country as Canadians try and cope during tough economic times. Affordability and inflation will be two key points in the federal government's fall economic update next week. That's when we'll get an inside look at Ottawa's outlook for an economy grappling with a potential recession. Reporting live, I'm Ladani. Nathan, back to you.
2: All right, thanks, Raheem. Knowing what's in your wallet may be tough these days, especially through the holidays. Still ahead, we'll show you how some GTA businesses are doing their best to help you get ready without breaking the bank. We'll have that for you a little later this hour.
3: Authorities in the Sudbury area say they believe the bodies of three people found in a home Sunday are the victims of a murder-suicide. The victims include a 46-year-old man and his 43-year-old wife and their 17-year-old son. Police made the discovery while responding to a call for unknown trouble at the residence near the town of Coniston. Police say they will not be releasing any more details at this time.
2: Emergency departments in Durham region are the latest to fall victim to our struggling health care system.
3: Staffing shortages and an increase in patient volume are pushing facilities east of Toronto to the brink. And there is no sign the problem will end anytime soon. Our Austin Delaney is in the region tonight with those details. Austin.
10: Yeah, Lakeridge Health saying tonight it has a serious staffing problem, nursing problem in its ERs. It's asking the Durham community to help out. That is, if you are sick, go see your family doctor, go to a walk-in clinic. Because if you come here, you're liable to wait for a long time before you see a doctor. One nurse says it is a terrible situation. The emergency department is chronically a dozen nurses short every shift. Paige Murray is here at Emerge with her six-day-old son.
7: Last night we were here, they said six and a half hours, and I personally did not feel comfortable sitting in a hospital room with a waiting room with a bunch of obviously sick people with my six-day-old son. And they told me that there was nothing they could do and that I had to sit there, so I went home. I only returned this morning because he had worsened, his condition had worsened, and I got more concerned. But we were sitting here for a good three and a half hours before I was even called up to registration, and another two and a half hours before I was seen by the doctor.
10: The nurse, who does not want to appear on camera's SAYS STAFF CRY EVERY DAY BECAUSE OF THE STRESS. WHAT WE'RE SEEING IS UNPRECEDENTED LEVELS OF, of BURNOUT in the, in, the, uh, IN THE NURSING TEAMS. Lakeridge CHIEF OF STAFF DR. TONY STONE SAYS THERE IS AN ISSUE WITH BOTH RECRUITMENT AND RETENTION OF NURSES AND TO SOME EXTENT DOCTORS. I, I'D SAY WE'RE HAVING SOME SUCCESS IN RECRUITING, BUT RETAINING REMAINS AN ISSUE. YOU KNOW, FOLKS ARE TIRED. Um, WE'RE ASKING THOSE WHO ARE THERE TO WORK MORE, TO WORK MORE OVERTIME. Um, you know, and so we're seeing, uh, you know, some nurses choosing to leave, uh, the ED to go and work in other destinations in the hospital, that's less tr- stressful. In Waterloo and Guelph Wellington, ambulance were stuck in code red over the weekend, tied up offloading at busy hospitals.
9: Well, Mr. Speaker, code red, code black, code zero, it all means the same frightening thing, uh, that not a single ambulance is available for the entire region.
10: The waits had the government on the defensive in the legislature today.
9: We've added 11,700 health care workers. The College of Nurses of Ontario recently said that they've added 12,800, over 12,800 new nurses before the year ends, the most ever recorded.
10: In Guelph, Wellington, the local union reported a 37-minute wait for a cardiac arrest call over the weekend. And Dr. Stone here at Lake Ridge says he expects a rough flu season. Coupled that with a surge in respiratory illness and COVID, he doesn't ex- expect things to get better anytime soon. Reporting live, I'm Austin Delaney.
3: Thank you, Austin. And you can bet people in the health care sector will be closely watching Queen's Park next, next month. Finance Minister Peter Bethlenfalvy says he will deliver the full economic statement on November 14th. He says it will be a progress update on Ontario's plan to build. Bethlenfalvy announced last month Ontario ended the last fiscal year with more than a two billion dollar surplus the financial accountability office is projecting budget surpluses for the next five years but has warned the government isn't being transparent about its spending plans
2: canada is imposing a fourth round of sanctions on iran because of its human rights abuses the country's national police force is now on the sanctions list ottawa accuses it of taking part in the suppression and detention of protesters The al-Mustafa International University is also being sanctioned. The school has branches in several countries. Canada says Tehran is using it to spread ideology abroad and recruit foreign fighters. The regime has been cracking down on weeks of dissent following the death of a young woman in police custody.
3: Russian missiles struck across Ukraine today, hitting energy infrastructure on the 250th day of the war. Hydroelectric dams were among the targets, knocking out power, heat and water supplies. 13 people were injured in these latest attacks. Residents lined up for water in Kyiv, where 80 percent of the city was left without running water. 18 targets were hit in 10 regions today. Ukraine says the ongoing campaign against civil infrastructure is intended to leave the country cold and dark. As winter approaches
2: in Ottawa, the commissioner overseeing the Emergencies Act inquiry is taking further steps to try to get Doug Ford to testify. Justice Paul Rouleau said a court should dismiss an application to exempt the premier and former Solicitor General Sylvia Jones. Both are claiming parliamentary privilege, but the commissioner says they have overstated that privilege. The federal court is set to hear arguments tomorrow in the nation's capital.
3: At the inquiry, Ottawa's former police chief was back in the hot seat today.
2: Peter slowly pushed back against attempts to scapegoat him as he faced intense cross-examination. CTV's Judy Trin reports.
0: They were doing their very best.
13: Last week, former Ottawa police chief Peter slowly broke down in in tears defending his officers. It was too cold and it was
8: too much. But they did their very best.
13: Today, slowly went on the attack against what he saw was a concerted campaign to undermine him. He said there were false reports that he wanted to focus on arrests rather than negotiations with protesters. Those whispers started internally and quickly spread to the leaders of the Ontario Provincial Police.
0: Superintendent Abrams was very clear that he got his information third and fourth hand from sources that he never names as part of a rumor-mongering mill.
13: Slowly said the misinformation may have begun with his own deputy chief. Trish Ferguson's handwritten notes were parsed at the hearing. She worried about Navigator, a crisis communication company hired by the Ottawa Police Board at a cost of more than $185,000. Documents shown at the inquiry reveal Navigator did a social media scan to examine the reputational risk to the chief. Ferguson worried that Navigator was influencing Slowly's strategy.
0: Her Extreme editorial license that she took was extremely problematic for me and reflects on her, not on me.
13: Observers are stunned at the level of organizational dysfunction within the OPS that
5: allowed cracks to widen as the crisis grew. Any situation like that, there's going to be some confusion, some miscommunication. Uh, You know, some people hear things differently than others. That's understandable, but the level of it in this case... Including partner agencies, inspectors, and superintendents, and chief superintendents from the OPP are all pointing a finger at Chief Slowly. And yeah, the ball got dropped.
13: Tomorrow, this commission will hear from some of the organizers of the Freedom Convoy, some of whom are facing criminal charges of mischief and obstruction of a peace officer. However, whatever testimony they give at this inquiry cannot be used against them in their criminal proceedings. Judy Trin, CTV News, Ottawa.
3: The man accused of attacking the husband of Nancy Pelosi is now facing two federal charges. David Depappi told police he wanted to break the kneecaps of the U.S. House Speaker. The 42-year-old was charged today with federal counts of assault and attempted kidnapping. He's expected to be arraigned on state charges tomorrow. Investigators say Depappi broke into the Pelosi's San Francisco home early Friday morning looking for the speaker. He's alleged to have hit Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. The 82-year-old is recovering in hospital after undergoing surgery for a skull fracture. De Pappy grew up in Powell River, B.C. It was
2: Brazil's closest political race in more than three decades. A leftist former president has been returned to power. <laughs> Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva won the runoff last night with 50.9% of the vote. He's promised to bring centrists into his government and some right-leaning members who voted for him. But Da Silva is expected to face strong opposition in the politically divided nation. Jair Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro, make that, narrowly lost his bid for re-election with 49.1% support. He still has not conceded defeat.
3: Halloween isn't even over yet. And Santa swag already filling store shelves. Some experts suggest this year there will be a lot of discounts attached. We'll have that story for you coming up in just a bit.
12: So, one of the cool things about Headington Halloween here are these posters that are on display outside many of the houses. This is John's, that's Indiana Jones, of course. And we're trick or treating. Look at this. Thanks, John. I I guess I should say trick or -treat. treat. And if you're hoping to do a little trick or treating, here's a look at the forecast into the night tonight. Conditions are panning out to be pretty nice overall. Plan on potential for a few showers or a little bit of drizzle. But overall, things are looking pretty good, especially compared to earlier today. WE ARE CELEBRATING HALLOWEEN HERE ON HEADINGTON AVENUE. YOU WANT TO SAY HAPPY HALLOWEEN? HAPPY HALLOWEEN. WE WILL HAVE YOUR WEATHER FORECAST RIGHT AFTER THIS BREAK. AND STAY WITH US BECAUSE WE HAVE ANOTHER GREAT LINEUP OF SHOWS FOR YOU TONIGHT RIGHT HERE ON CTV2.
0: very
13: high. I love this day.
8: If
7: it's not raining, I'm going to go
8: around my neighborhood and go to my friend's house um, because she always
3: has really good blow ups. Excited school kids likely hard to keep in their seats today, and they are out and about right now en masse filling their bags at houses like these with frights and candy, of course. And our Lindsay Morrison is right in the midst of all of it uh, on Headington Avenue. The costumes, they need to be modified today, but the kids never care.
2: No, this is the most important part, getting as much candy as possible.
12: Oh, yes, and the race is on. I mean, there's only a couple more hours to go trick-or-treating, right, Nathan? I think these kids are doing a pretty good job here on Headington Avenue. I've been chatting with Barb Gordon. You're sort of the creator of Halloween on Headington Avenue. How many, you told me how many pieces of candy you had ready for tonight. Oh, I have a thousand, but I'm going to run out. Okay, so sure. so there you go, Nathan. That gives you an idea of how many kids are out here and how much candy there is to be had. Uh, what an experience this is it on is. your street. Uh, for me, after all these years. <laughs> wonderful. Tell me a little bit about what makes halloween here so special i'm looking at your poster over here
6: well it's it, for me it started as one poster that evolved into 25 and 30 posters it's, it's a, a sense of community all my neighbors get involved it takes us a month to get the whole um, thing up and they're wonderful they're so helpful we're all close friends now and the kids just the looks on these little kids faces they come from all over the city and so
12: you've got the Adams family here, That's but right. we see movies of all different That's kinds right. on all the different neighbors' porches.
6: Yes, I always look for someone to give me suggestions for the next year. So far, a lot of the younger kids are giving me suggestions. I have no idea what they're talking about, <laughs> so I'll have to figure that out. All right,
12: well, you yeah. we have a year to figure it out for next year, but this is yes. pretty fantastic it for this is. year. And the great news is you do this all for such a great cause, because yes. this is sort of snowballed, to use a weather term, uh, into something great.
6: <laughs> yeah, we hope it won't snowball. Uh, yeah, indeed, yeah, we are... Uh, Uh, raising uh, funds for sick kids. It's a sick kids fundraiser that I've been doing every year for 14 years. We've raised over $25,000 just in this event in the last 14 years. Hopefully a lot more tonight.
12: You've got music, you've got face painting, you've got all kinds of great things going on. Congratulations Thank on such you. a spectacular event. Thank you so much, Lindsay, I'm so glad you guys could come and join us, even for a few minutes. Enjoy! Our pleasure, and I'm so glad that the weather is panning out. This is not bad at all. Let's take you through, though, what's in store for the rest of the night, and, of course, the first week of a new month. Weather is brought to you by train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train and before we even get to those weather details I want to thank everyone who's been sharing their weather photos as well more on that coming up but here's the satellite and radar imagery we're still dealing with showers in many different parts of the GTA so yeah a little bit of rain gear not a bad idea it's all part of a bigger low that's going to make its way out of our neck of the woods through the night tonight high pressure will start to build in behind it so that's going to mean drier conditions for tomorrow and eventually some sunshine into the day on Wednesday. Here's how it plays out. Overnight tonight, still showery, still expecting some fog. Then conditions will dry as we make our way into the day tomorrow, even more so into Wednesday when that cloud cover really does break up. But the fog is going to take its time. We do have an advisory in effect for areas to the west, to the north, and to the east of us. Part of the reason why overnight tonight our temperature remains mild. 13 degrees is what we're forecasting. Yeah, that's warm for this time of year. There's the fog advisory. Let's talk about tomorrow's highs. We'll give you a little bit of a snapshot of what's in store for tomorrow across different parts of the province. Temperature up around 18 degrees in the city of Toronto. That's not bad for this time of year. Here is your seven-day forecast. Again, things are looking pretty great. A reminder as we make our way into the weekend that we fall back, so don't forget to change your clocks before you go to bed on Saturday night. Again, we are celebrating Halloween here on Heading Avenue look at all these costumes I see Batman I see all kinds of great oh I love the inflatable ones I see Mario is that right and I see what are you dressed up as uh, a, a minion a minion what was I thinking of course you're a minion happy Halloween guys Yeah, cool.
3: uh, okay.
12: look at look at all that candy Nathan and Michelle I'm gonna send it back inside to you these kids are doing great
2: yeah great costumes in a great hall so far there's some good stuff in there also tonight did you try to find some Halloween decor this past weekend? Maybe some candy to hand out tonight, yet find nothing but Christmas stuff. Insight into the intriguing retail reality. On air, online, on every platform. Escape tragedy by mere moments. CTV News Toronto.
3: A story you'll only see here.
2: Winner of the Canadian Screen Award for Best Local Newscast. We have developing details. Watch weeknights at 6. And here's another live look of this spooky display in North Toronto. The annual Headington Halloween display, treating children for decades with its Halloween tricks and goodwill for Sick Kids Hospital, raising about $25,000 so far.
3: At the White House, the U.S. President and First Lady Joe Biden hosted some trick or treaters today. The couple handed out Halloween treats to children of local firefighters, nurses, police officers, and National Guard members. This was their first time because the Bidens were in Europe for Halloween last year. Halloween
2: is still in full swing, but that's not stopping some stores from getting ready for the next big season on the calendar.
3: Christmas merchandise has flooded some store shelves across the GTA. CTV's Mike Walker explains what might be behind the very early sightings.
8: At many retailers, the shelves are already fully stocked with holiday decorations.
12: I'm not very much of a Halloween shopper. For me, it's awesome.
8: Arts and crafts giant Michael's already pushing discounted prices. Most decorations buy one, get one free, a tactic some shoppers find appealing.
4: Makes me want to buy more. A lot of people can't afford like things on Christmas and it makes it easier for them.
8: It's a limited time bargain compared to competitors like Walmart and Canadian Tire. The company says it's offering
0: customers value. It's a pretty uh, a bold statement and uh, my hypothesis could be that they may find themselves with a little bit of inventory they're trying to burn off.
8: This retail analyst says all retailers will have to get aggressive with holiday promotions and start earlier amid rising interest rates and inflation still hovering above 6%
0: unknown you know in terms of potential recession which could lead to job loss so this is going to be about cherry picking for deals
8: a recent outlook on holiday spending found Canadians intend on spending less this season just over $1500 per household that's down 17%
12: spending less on on a lot of things due to just inflation in general basically smaller gifts it's making me a smarter shopper and um, just cutting back a little bit
8: according to a retail council of Canada survey six and ten consumers are searching for deals and some have already started
12: to save
1: money, I guess, and time. cost of everything is going up and um, pay, maybe not so much.
8: With the intentions of finishing around Black Friday.
0: I think that we're going to see deeper discounts, particularly versus last year. They have to get aggressive with promotions or the merchandise just won't move.
8: Analysts say Black Friday will be the pinnacle. Depending on whether Canadians cut back spending and how aggressive retailers are, there could be a surplus of merchandise carrying over well into the new year. Mike Walker, CTV News.
2: Electronic Arts is going to develop new games that revolve around characters from the Marvel Universe.
0: I build neat stuff. I got a
2: great girl. EA will launch an Iron Man game and at least two other action-adventure titles under a deal announced by the video game publisher today. The deal gives EA access to one of the most valuable companies in entertainment.
3: Julia Roberts has revealed a little-known fact about her life. The hospital bill for the Hollywood star's birth was paid for by Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King. Roberts' parents had a theater school in Atlanta, and one day Coretta Scott King called and asked if her kids could be part of the school. A friendship began, and the Kings ended up taking care of the hospital expenses when Roberts' parents couldn't pay the bill
8: stars tonight is brought to you by last man's bad boy who's better nobody finding a family doctor tomorrow on cp24 breakfast get practical tips as physicians offer solutions to ease the search cp24 breakfast where toronto gets it everything
10: every morning
12: It's Halloween night. We're enjoying amazing displays like this one. And then tomorrow, the cleanup begins. It's going to be a nice day, though, to spend some time outside putting away the decorations and raking some leaves. Here's a look at your fall cleanup forecast. Your recap is just ahead.
8: What the government did today is outrageous. It is a monstrous overreach. They have employed the nuclear option here.
2: Updating our top stories, CUPE, which represents 55,000 education workers in Ontario, is vowing to hold a province-wide day of protest on Friday after the four-government tabled le- legislation to block them from striking. If passed, the law would impose a new four-year collective agreement on education workers.
0: WHAT WE HAVE IS THIS PSYCHOLOGY OF NEGATIVITY CONVERTING INTO CONSUMER BEHAVIOR AND CREATING THE RECESSION THAT MANY CANADIANS ARE HOPING TO AVOID.
3: A NEW NANO'S RESEARCH POLL FINDS 47% OF RESPONDENTS SAY THEIR FINANCES HAVE TAKEN A HIT OVER THE PAST YEAR WITH 64% EXPECTING THEM TO WORSEN OVER THE NEXT SIX MONTHS.
7: I DON'T HAVE EXACT AGES AT THIS TIME, BUT THEY ARE BELIEVED TO BE uh, TWO MALES THAT ARE uh, TEENAGERS.
2: One person is dead and another has been seriously injured following a shooting outside Scarborough's Woburn Collegiate Institute. Police say a suspect was leaving
3: the scene. And let's check in with our Beth Macdonnell with more on the shooting. Beth,
4: Michelle, the shooting happened in the front yard of Woburn Collegiate Institute around 3:30 this afternoon. Police say the young person who died is believed to be a teenage boy and he was transferred to hospital in life-threatening condition and later pronounced dead. The second person police just told me it is confirmed he is a teenage boy. I'm told that he made his own way to hospital and then was later transferred to a trauma centre. Around 3.30, One man who lives in the building just behind the school here, he told me he heard three or four shots and this gun violence put the school into lockdown immediately, police say. They say officers went into the school and went through the classrooms to make sure no one else was injured. I can tell you that it appears there was some kind of search for THAT SUSPECT, WE KNOW THERE WAS AT LEAST ONE DOG HERE uh, EARLIER ON, AND WE KNOW THAT POLICE SAID A SUSPECT FLED, WE'VE BEEN TOLD TONIGHT THAT THERE ARE NO ARRESTS. THIS WHOLE SITUATION, VERY CONCERNING TO FAMILIES, AS THEY LEARNED WHAT WAS GOING ON, MANY COMING DOWN TO THE SCHOOL HERE, LOOKING AT THE SCHOOL, WAITING FOR WORD THAT THIS LOCKDOWN was ending or that everything was okay. There was a lot of confusion about where the shooting actually took place. Some parents not sure if the shooting itself took place inside the school, but it did take place in the front yard here. We are waiting for more information from the Toronto District School Board and we will bring you more on this story tonight at 11.30. Back to you. All
2: right. Thank you, Beth. Canadians are worried about the economy, according to a new survey. Nano's research for Bloomberg's News found that nearly two-thirds of respondents expect the economy to worsen over the next six months. And as b Bloomberg's Jacqueline Hansen tells us, they're worried about their personal finances too.
9: Canadians say their personal finances haven't been this bad in more than a decade. The Nanos poll found nearly half of respondents said their finances have worsened over the past year. Perhaps that's no surprise as Canadians watch the value of homes fall and the cost of everything from food to debt jump. Net wealth has also plunged this year and could fall further if house prices continue to decline. Let's take a look at some of the closing market numbers for today. The Canadian dollar is trading lower, just slightly, to 73.41 cents U.S. West Texas Intermediate Oil is down a little over $1 to roughly $86 U.S. a barrel. And Western Canadian Select is down about $2.50 to $57 U.S. a barrel. As for stock markets, the TSX declined 45 points to end the day at 19,426.14. That is the latest in business. I'm Jacqueline Hanson of BNM Bloomberg.
3: Ontario is not the only province struggling with a health care crisis. So is B.C. And today, family doctors there got a significant raise. They'll soon be making about $385,000 a year. That's up from the current $250,000. This increase comes following a tentative three-year agreement reached last week. It's part of a provincial plan to address the crisis in British Columbia's health care system.
2: Lottery players in the U.S. will be clutching their tickets tightly tonight. A Powerball jackpot of $1 billion is up for grabs. It soared to that staggering amount after no one matched all six numbers in Saturday night's draw. It's the fifth largest lottery jackpot in U.S. history. The $1 billion prize is for winners who opt to take the full amount over 29 annual payments. But most opt for a lower cash payment, which would be an estimated $497 million tonight.
3: Just ahead, a peek inside a Toronto family's real estate find. A mansion they got for a steal because it used to be a funeral home. Coming up, what they've experienced since moving in.
13: Tonight, calculating the economic
0: angst in Canada. It really is just one fire at a time, one day at a time. Gripped by the gloom of a softening real estate market and soaring prices for just
4: about everything else. Later on CTV National News.
3: Finally tonight, a hair-raising story about members of a Toronto family looking beyond the borders of the city for a new home.
2: They landed a 12,000 square foot property just north of Windsor and it has a history fitting for a Halloween night. Here's Allison Hurst to explain.
1: Heather Bloomberg loves her new home to death.
6: The energy in the house is incredible, so we love that.
1: They traded in this single-family Roncesvalles home on a quiet tree-lined street for a 38-room mansion in Dresden, Ontario, with a peculiar past.
6: It's a beautiful 1880s Victorian mansion, second empire uh, architecture, and it just happens to have been a funeral home for over 100 years.
1: Given that history, the family has made some odd discoveries. We found a body
2: box. That was probably the biggest thing, um, both physically (laughs) uh, and scary
8: that we found.
1: And there have been some
6: eerie experiences. We have a man that wanders around the house. We have a lady that shouts hello any time of the day or night. Like slamming doors, people sitting on my beds. But
7: uh, yeah, it's safe to say I've had a lot of paranormal experience.
1: The centuries-old Victorian mansion was listed for $600,000. The family saw it during the pandemic and paid 570,000.
6: We had no intention of leaving Toronto. We loved it there, we loved our home. We were here, I don't know, minutes before we were like, well, bugger, we're, uh, yep, we're buying a funeral home. It was a steal.
1: (laughs) While renovations are underway, they're trying to keep the bones intact.
2: There's a lot more to do. We're only about halfway through actually bringing the building back.
1: And have somehow managed to use every single room.
2: Unlike when we lived in Toronto
8: where you had to have multi-purpose rooms, we get to have dedicated rooms. So kind of exploring that for a gym or a movie room or a library or whatever it might be.
1: For Halloween, the family is dressed as bad attack victims, a nod to their pest problem with a touch of holiday horror.
7: Our theme is that they all escaped and in the middle of the night they attacked us and got us all bloody and bruised in our pyjamas.
1: Because no haunted house is complete without a bit of gore. Happy Halloween. Alison Hurst, CTV News.
2: So they know the house is haunted, but they're staying.
3: They're so nonchalant about it. Oh, there's just some ghosts on my bed. Wow. Let's head to another spooky locale. How's the trick or treating going, Lindsay? The trick or treating is going great, Michelle and Nathan. I'm making so
12: many new friends. I've got lots of unicorns and mermaids over in this group. Does everyone want to say happy Halloween? Happy Halloween. Look how great they look. This is uh, such a great turnout here on Headington Avenue and the weather is cooperating, isn't it? Let's take one more look at the satellite and radar, show you what's in store. If you're just about to head out trick-or-treating, a reminder that we've had a few rain showers, we've got some drizzle and we have a little bit of fog out there. That's expected to continue through the overnight hours tonight and into the day tomorrow. Here we have one more look at the seven day forecast. You know, tomorrow is the first day of November and it is going to be really mild. We're talking temperatures in the upper teens pretty dry after tonight and the weekend is looking good too we're having so much fun it's been a wonderful night we'll send it back inside to michelle and nathan does
3: everyone want to say happy halloween happy Happy Halloween! halloween
12: Happy Halloween. Have a great
3: night. Back to you guys. We love the costumes. (laughs) Now go get some candy. All right, that's it for us. Be sure to join Omar Sachadina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Pauline Chan with our next local newscast at 11.30.
2: In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP 24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For
3: Lindsay Morrison and all of us here at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a spooky night. Happy Halloween.